Hey, you came back this week. Okay, then, let's speak more geek. This is the Geek Speak Show. Get ready to speak geek. Featuring interviews with the movers and shakers in geek culture. Hi, I'm Chris Hardwick. I'm not a fact sheet. Hey, this is Todd McFrong. I'm Zach Whedon. Hi, this is George Genty. The Geek Speak Show is powered by GeekTyrant.com, GameTyrant.com, MightyVille.com, Ramascreen.com, and Zergnet.com. Geek is spoken here. They're listening. You're consuming. You're watching it with your ears. Oh, just listen. Here are the hosts of the Geek Speak Show, Henry San Miguel and Rachel Rossini. Spoiler alert! <laughs> Okay, we gave you plenty of warning. We are going to talk that movie that just came out last weekend. Had a free comic book day. Who got free comics? I think we all did, didn't we? Well, I guess you're the only one. I didn't even get free comics. You guys can check out our coverage on our YouTube page, <laughs> Flying Colors Comics. Where else are we going to be? The birthplace of free comic book day. Uh, Joe was out there. Everybody was out there. You did all your interviews. I did. A lot of, Rachel, you missed it, but there were a lot of Star Wars t-shirts, a lot of, there's a, Joe was carrying a huge, lightsaber. Huge, line too. A real Aww, lightsaber. They oh, were what? representing. Yes, and there was a visit from a certain Dark Lord of the Sith, besides me, I mean. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh. <laughs> Yeah, but, but thanks again to Flying Colors Comics, the Retail Brigade, Joe and Libby Field. Yes, the brownies were there, Rachel. And yes, they were good. <laughs> we were going to send I you one. I didn't get my overnight package with brownies. Well, it would have been empty anyway, because Joe said, you know what? She's not here. She doesn't deserve it. I did all the work. Can we discuss how Joel, every other video after your first one was, what? it's so hot out here. It is so hot out there. Oh, my God. It was like 90, 100, 1 million degrees or I forget. But I'm it was the one hot. that hates the heat and you're the one complaining about it. But had a great It time. affects me so badly. <laughs> great time had by all until, maybe, until we all went to the theater, sat down. And watched mm-hmm. Iron Man 3. I know that is the movie. So spoiler again, like I said, alert. we gave you the spoiler alert. We are going to talk spoilers. By by this point, you've all seen it a few times by now. Well, the people, you know, our audience, you've seen it a few times by now. If you right. haven't, then, you know, you're not, you don't really care if you spoil it for you yeah. or not at this point. So. Just keep listening, actually. Who wants to take it first <laughs> before I take my side? Oh, you know what? We we should just collaborate on this and everybody jump in because there there's just so many things and Hop going in. into it, I'm sure you guys heard like I did that, you know, it was eh, okay or, you know, mo- there wasn't anybody that was like raving about it. But when I sat down, I was like, "No, no, no. Let's let's just give this a chance. Let's not listen to what everybody's saying." And yeah, yeah. It doesn't sound like Rachel likes it that much. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll say the first thing is Iron Man 3, the movie, it couldn't have been made after the Avengers. Not because of the Avengers, but because of the Avengers. Because number one, Tony Stark is an Avenger. Yeah. The middle of the movie where it kind of drags, okay, it does drag, where it drags in the middle and where he's literally dragging the, the, the oh, supposedly the only okay. city has left. I see what you mean. Why didn't he call Thor for yeah. help? Hulk for help. He's talking. He's been, we find out at the end. He's been it's talking a metaphor, the dude. It's a metaphor. He's dragging his armor. <laughs> but I'm saying no. But but that yeah. that doesn't work anymore because he's an Avenger. He's not alone. No matter what you try to say. No matter how dark or how this is the end of Tony's life. He's an Avenger. Yeah. Well, he always. I don't know. Like that part too, where he has like anxiety attacks because of what happened yeah. in New York. And then I was wondering to myself because like in the comic books, I don't remember Tony Stark having anxiety, and I was wondering like. You know what that is? is? That, what? This. Producers or? Nope. Just missed you. Missed opportunity. That could have easily led to this. Kevin Feige, take note. Trademark. <laughs> uh, what's the day today? May 8th, 2013. <laughs> that could have easily led to, yeah, he's worried about it. He, you know, he almost died up in space. So he builds an armor that can go into oh. space. He goes up there. Wait, I remember like and I runs saw- into the Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, I see what you mean. Because I do remember I saw the pictures for, like, I forget what Mark armor, like, 38 or 39, but it was, like, the suborbital suit. And, mm-hmm. like, it was, they have pictures of it online and, like, in promo in like promo images, but then it wasn't in the uh, it wasn't in the movie. Or maybe it wasn't. For me, my experience was, like, I, I did uh, I did IMAX, right? And I was, like, I bought the, the tickets pretty late. So I was fourth row, bottom right corner. Oh my and like God. it's a huge screen and it's like too close. And you would think like, hey, I paid like twenty one dollars for this ticket, but like, man, 
it's just like it's not worth it. My neck hurts. So like yeah, when you go to IMAX, you got to yeah. be up on top, or it's not gonna work. So but you, why would you sell those tickets? <laughs> you had my actually, you had my Spider Man three experience. I got to see yeah. Spider Man three, but I was like you up up close, and you know I could hear Spider Man somewhere <laughs> on the screen, just couldn't find him. You know, and, and we talked about this on yeah, on definitely. The other day, and I said, you know, I just got to go see Spider Man three again. I mean, maybe the the experience was just what ruined it for me. I then do I need went to, to see Iron Man. I saw it in again. regular. It wasn't the IMAX thing. It was the actual movie. Yeah, I need to see like Iron Man three again. Maybe like when it's matinee time. Maybe I'll go after. So you're going to actually see everything. Yeah, I'll, I want to see it two D. I mean, you know, I'll, just I'll, regular. Well, I mean, go, sticking with Iron Man three. I mean, that's yeah. another thing. Is not a missed opportunity, but like what? Because the, supposedly that's the only armor he has left. Then at the end, oh, yeah. by the way, no, they yeah. call oh, all these dude, like Iron Man armors. Dude. The whole movie is like, uh, it's 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 this like prototype armor so it's like we want so much more but we're not getting it and if that's supposed to be the prototype armor which by the way as you said lasted the whole movie and then we go to the end and he's got all these suits and they're getting blown up by like little teeny tiny rockets yeah yeah dude that's true ridiculous maybe it's a strong 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 missile and we teased joel and i teased it on the videos at at, at flying colors because we joel had seen it by then and a few people had seen it by then uh, we told some of the people in the interviews, don't spoil it. They know what it was, but off, you know, off, yeah. off camera, they, we did talk about it. Now we can talk about it. Now, Let's talk about the Mandarin. You'll never see me coming. <laughs> uh, for me, yeah. I compare like uh, Iron Man to like the Batman franchise, like uh, the Christopher Nolan one. You know, and like uh, for me, I, I always thought like Mandarin was like the the Ra's al Ghul of like for Iron Man. You know, and then when not I, so much. I guess yeah. The twist is we all know that he's like some hired British actor by uh, Justin Hammer. Wait, not Justin Hammer. What's the dude's name? Gideon. Guy Pierce. There you go. Guy Pierce. <laughs> it's Guy Pierce, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The other thing, uh, we're going to DC now, but, but how do you pronounce that name? Is, is it Raz al Ghul? Raz al Ghul? Riss. <laughs> See, what's a good thing no, we're going to have Neil Adams? Because yeah. so, he, he created that character. So we'll ask him, how, yeah. do, how do you say his name? Uh, I think I don't think even Liam Neeson knows how to. For me, he knows like, a lot of things, but I don't think he knows how to pronounce his own character <laughs> name. But, but, to, but back to yeah, uh, yeah, Iron, Iron Man, Man. 3, that's, Iron that's Man. the big thing. The Mandarin, you know, the the whole. Mar- I, it's not like Paranormal Activity where you know half the things that are in the trailer aren't even in the movie in the Paranormal Activity movies. Rachel wouldn't know because she loves those Paranormal. No. Movies. <laughs> um, but this one. It, I mean, could you even call it false advertising? Because we had Ben Kingsley there. I was excited I about know. the fact that we were going to get him as the Mandarin. Then it turns out it's a phony. He's he, a phony. I mean, he he's fine for the whole thing. Then all of a sudden you realize, wait a minute, it's Russell Brand who's the Mandarin behind all this time. <laughs> but then, like, how do you make the Mandarin into, like, an actual character, like, in a movie? So well, I'm I, glad I guess- you asked, Joel, because it's right in the beginning of the movie. In fact, it was there since was- Iron Man 1. <laughs> What's behind them? The tan rings. What comes on every time the, he hijacks the, the, the broadcast? Oh, yes. The tan rings. As I said during the trivia concert of Flying Colors, who's the real comic book nerd here? <laughs> but look, look at all those things behind him. That's what raises the Mandarin. None of that was tied in. They had Jensen in there who, you know, that tied, yep. that tied into Iron Man 1 when he said, we actually met one time in in, in, uh, in, in Burma. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We did? Oh, yeah, okay. Now we know what he was talking about. But... The uh, it would have been a better story again. Kevin Feige taking over, but it's too late now. It's already out. It would have been a better story if you would have tied it in back to Iron Man One, where yeah. it, it was Killian behind all of that. Because the other thing also is the guy Pierce character Killian. Yeah. What was his point? I mean, I what, thought he was going to be Modok for some reason. I don't know. Like, I want. I, I'm thinking that like Iron Man Two is going to re- relate more to Captain America, and Thor might be like more about Guardians of the Galaxy, but. Uh, well, that's the other thing also is, you know, this is supposed to kick off Phase 2. I don't see anything that's going to tie it to Avengers 2. I heard Gwyneth Paltrow was saying in an interview that, like, she doesn't even see an Iron Man 4 coming out. Well, after like, this. Well, yeah, well, yeah th- this was supposed to be the end of, of the, the individual yes. Iron Man ones, but they, they, didn't, they didn't close it off for us. They just made, like, this... Yeah. And then- <laughs> he destroys all his armors. It's like, dude, you're going to yeah. make some more, man. Like, quit quit, quit telling Pepper Potts for now that you're that He would have never done that. And then it was obvious that Pepper was going to come back because she was, like, 
fire person and it was ridiculous and she, he, he, had, he wasn't even stuff. sad enough when she supposedly died and then oh my gosh they're just ugh, i was watching uh, iron man 2 last night on or not last night but during the weekend on fx and i was thinking to myself hey iron man 2 is pretty good actually you know i haven't seen it in a while and then i was like you know like because john favreau made parts one and two and then they got this new guy shane black who made part three i'm not familiar i'm not familiar with his uh with his background right. with the with the movies but well you should have listened to you Louise's could, uh, Geek Movie Rewind when she talked about Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. She, that was did Robert that Downey Jr. Shane Black was a director. Oh, that's why he. Came I do out like that movie. Yeah, I do. I do remember that one line where he's like, uh, "You know, if you look up the definition of stupid," and Val Kilmer's like, "What? What, what it's is a picture it?" Picture of Joel. And he's oh. like, "It's the definition of what you are." <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, no, but um, yeah. <laughs> you know, obviously, then the three of us were not were not that. Uh, it wasn't horrible. It wasn't like Prometheus WTF. I mean, I did like I did no. like how it went straight into action, though. I mean, like there wasn't any origin anymore, and just goes straight into like Iron Man three. Go. But but it lost the the magic that we have loved so much about each of these individual like when is Marvel yeah. movies. When his mansion blew up, I was like, this is going somewhere. This is going somewhere. Yeah, and it didn't. And then it see that boom. that that ending though. The way I see it. Is ending ending or ending after the credits? The, no, the ending. Right. Uh, the ending of the, the the after credits. By the way, there is an after credits. I mean, like you know, like I said last week, you, you don't leave you don't leave a Marvel movie without you know after before the credits are over. Oh yeah, but it doesn't really add anything except a uh, haha. Oh look, there's a Hulk or not even a Hulk. Uh, what's his name? Bruce Banner is there. Banner, yeah. yeah. Um, but the ending of the movie where mm-hmm. you know Tony Stark doesn't have the, doesn't need the arc reactor in him anymore. That I think is and also I don't know if you guys walked out. The, it was very no James Bond like. There was there was you know there was a title card at the end that says Tony Stark will return. Mm. Tony Stark will return, not Iron Man. What it is is it's finally going to be exactly what Nick Fury said at the end of Iron Man Two. He's going to be on as a consultant only because hello, who builds stuff for Shield? Who built that helicarrier? Mm-hmm. Somebody uh, else is going to be in that armor. Man. This is a business decision for Disney because. If Robert Downey Jr. does not want to come back for another oh, Iron Man, oh, I see Man, what you mean. Movie really, politics. anybody can be in that in that armor. I mean, as, I mean, we got a hint of that in this one. It was Guy Pierce was in it. Don Cheadle was in it. Pepper was in it. RDJ, <laughs> yeah. of course, was in it. Yes, Pepper was in it. So you know, it's kind of getting this used to. Okay, get used to somebody else besides RDJ being in these armor. So that's what's going to happen because really now, like he says, at you the think end, it's more of a Disney. Anybody a Disney? can be. No, it's more of a business decision because any, anybody can be Iron Man because you don't need then you that have arc options, reactor in there. Yeah. But that, then, that's how I saw the end. Yeah. That's very. That's a very good point. Yeah, it's very interpretive, but it it's frustrating when I hear that RDJ is not going to be in the next movies. You know, yeah. I mean, during the interviews that we had on last week's show, Favreau said that. I mean, that the greatest effect, the best effect you have in the whole movie is RDJ. That's why yeah, dude. Through the the two of them, he was always trying to find a way to get him out of the armor. I felt like part one was the best, and then part two kind of like took on what worked in part one, and then they kind of oversaturated it, and then part three was just like totally different. One was the yeah. best because you know it was your introduction, first introduction yeah. to the not only Iron Man but the Marvel universe. The and you don't universe. get and he's not using the prototype armor for the whole movie. <laughs> and this one, you know, I gotta say, it, it didn't even feel like a Marvel movie, really. It, 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 That's it, what I was saying. They do it drop. Didn't have that magic. Yeah, they drop a lot of. Uh, I think they dropped one f bomb and a p bomb. I don't, I don't know. even hear that. You didn't hear that. I, remember, I, I I do remember hearing like some language. I was like, "Really?" I think that was they your friends that? next to you doing that. Yeah. We were. Yeah. We what did, the am I doing here? We did sneak in beers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go to the bathroom. Clank, 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 clank. <laughs> it's yeah. my uh, cosplay. I was, I was I came as armor. <laughs> I, I will know. say that I dr- my wallet slipped out of my pocket during the movie. I was like, I walked out of the theater and I was like, <gasps> my wallet. And then I had to like run in. And I found it. Woo. How does that happen? Because <laughs> I don't like to sit in my wallet during a movie because I don't want to like, it hurt. Wow. It's wow. uncomfortable. That's just guy talk. But yes, Iron Man, dude. <laughs> Tony Stark <laughs> but, okay, can relate. <laughs> so after the disappointment of this, um, I'm excited for the next movie. Thor, right? No, 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 no. Oh, oh, oh. Next, next, next week. Finally, we go into next darkness. Week. Yes. Oh, yes. I thought we were talking Marvel movies because I was about to say there should be a new. I Hulk have movie. my IMAX uh, midnight release tickets. It's actually at eleven, so they they play them early sometimes in some theaters Ooh. here, which is awesome. SoCal has like all these privileges. I know it's so amazing. Go. So yeah, I will be going at the uh, eleven o'clock showing on Wednesday. Star Trek. 
I've seen it. <laughs> Did you? Did yes. you really? What? I've seen it. Why are you all quiet about it then, man? Because <laughs> the, we're not supposed to talk about it. Wow. <gasps> Where was my invite? Yeah, now I'm looking at you It would have been one hell of a commute for you, because Rachel's in Southern California, we're over here in San Francisco. See what you miss when you go over there? You're just eight hours away, she don't care. I could have gotten on a plane. (laughs) She could have teleported here. Snakes on a plane. (laughs) Um, Can't talk about it, honestly, but uh, I'll say say also, uh, I'm not the only one. There were other journalists, and there have been other sneak showings across the country. They're slowly trickling out. We're going to be allowed to talk about it this coming, I mean, next coming week. Um, as a matter of fact, I may have some interviews with some people on uh, from from casting crew from Star Trek Into Darkness. JJ, <laughs> and so you stay tuned for that next week. Uh, all I can say is it was good. It's worth the wait. <laughs> it was worth because remember, it got moved. The date got moved. It, it was worth the wait. Uh, that's all I'll say. Next week, I, I won't do spoilers until the following week, um, but it, it is worth the wait. And, well, For I can't me, talk about like that I because th- I can't talk Cumberbatch because then we are getting into spoiler territory. Like uh, with the Star with the Star Trek movies, like I feel like uh, it, it because of JJ, you know, he's not really like doing like huge marketing for it. So it, for me, like it's like this like uh, it's like this sleeping dragon just waiting to be woken up. And when <laughs> <laughs> he didn't do Pearl Harbor, that was somebody else. <laughs> I need to say it more. In a, you got the Pearl Harbor poster, man. It's been like affecting my mind. <laughs> Look at that knock. Got a lot of people coming in. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a little break. Going to reset everything here. And when we come back, let's see who is at the Geek Speak Show studio door. I think we have three or four guests coming in. So mm-hmm. let's, uh, Joel, before I open the door, clean up that mess over there, will you? I'm cleaning Where's the Windex? And then we'll see who we're going to talk to. Remind you one more time, we uh, you saw it literally with Joel. Eat24.com sponsoring us. Go there, download the Eat24 Hunger app if you are hungry. Order online. Keep listening to the show. Keep reading your free comics that you have. Keep getting ready, watching the trailers for Into Darkness, <laughs> everything that you're doing. Keep throwing stuff at the wall. Because how could you do that to the Mandarin? But order online. Food is all dumb. It's right there for you. Whatever you want. 45 to 60 minutes. Put in, when you order, put in Geekspeak, G-E-E-K-S-P-E-A-K. Oh, yeah, promo code. You get three bucks off whatever you want. Or free egg rolls if you yeah. can. If you really and want to And don't forget to invite your friends because, you know, that's what we do. Let's take a break. Like I said, go clean the little, your, whatever you have over there, or your toys, <laughs> we'll call them, and we'll see who's knocking at our door. Oh, yeah. This conversation will continue in a moment. The Geek Speak Show. Touchdown! That makes it 42 to 3. Are you even trying to beat me? Not really. I could go for a cheese pizza and. No, you don't. You want to go get a pizza just because you're losing. Well, the pizza's not going to order itself, you know. If only there was a way to order online and have it delivered. Well, I'm glad you asked. Go to eat24.com, download their hunger app to your tablet or phone, and order online. And have your food delivered right to your door. Then I can get back to kicking your ass. Dude, it's 42 to 3. Eat24.com can't help you there. Oh. Download the E24 Hunger app and use promo code GeekSpeak for free egg rolls or $3 off whatever you want. E24.com. Because video games don't play themselves. This is Mark Zigby, writer, producer, and director of Space Command, and you're listening to the Geek Speak Show. And look who is at our door. It is Gavin Pignard. Gavin, welcome to the Geek Speak Show. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Hey. Thanks, hey. For, thanks for dropping by. So we were just talking about Iron Man, and you you, you said that you, know, you had to admit you haven't actually he hasn't seen, seen it yet. yet. Yeah, yeah. It's been a kind of a busy couple months, and uh, as much as I, I love Iron Man, I've I've not had a chance to get to the theater yet. So I probably actually will probably go later today or tomorrow. So at least you get a better seat, you know. Well, I'll say I this: know, when, totally. you, when you listen to the show, skip the intro because we, we went <laughs> yeah full on spoilers. So. I think it was like seventeen minutes worth of spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, noted. <laughs> yeah, but but, get, but, but since you haven't seen that, what else are you looking forward to seeing? Because I know I've mentioned at the end that I have some stuff that I'm very excited about. Yeah, I well definitely. I mean, Star Trek is the top of my list. I think you don't um, say. <laughs> yeah, super excited for that. I uh, I've kind of stopped watching trailers and and tried to stop paying attention to to media on it just because uh, 
I, you know, we're at like the boiling point where like all the, you know, people mm-hmm. start slipping stuff out. But um, I, I love the first one and, and I wasn't sure if I was going to or not being, you know, like a lifelong Star Trek I fan. I think everyone so. was like that about the Star Trek movies. Yeah. You know, yeah. A little bit apprehensive because it's, it's Star Trek, dude. There's a huge following. Yeah. And, and how how do you step into like William Shatner and, and Leonard Nimoy's how, roles? How um, do you step into William Shatner? <laughs> exactly. You copied <laughs> them. Yeah. With, with flattery. Yeah. Was that flattery? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although, well, for Chris we're, Pine, we're, yes, but uh, okay. yeah. yeah, I was gonna say yeah. we're, still, we're still waiting for Chris Pine's shirt to come off, though. Then he'll be the Shatner curtain. Finally, you mentioned something I want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. They didn't work that into the first film, did they? Well, we'll see like next the, week. And what the happens. Kirk fan service, yeah, yeah, definitely uh, one I'm really looking forward to. Uh, and the more I see, the more I get excited. Is definitely Man of Steel. Yeah, Dude. totally agree. Totally yeah. agree. They don't. Really, they don't like they owe me money for the last one. They don't market these movies that much because, like, they want just want to keep it like on the low. But then all of a sudden, that date just comes and Friday hits, and that movie's in theaters, and you're like, "Whoa, there's a huge line outside." Yeah. What did you guys? I mean, like when that first trailer hit, and there's that you know, like that, that breaking the sound barrier shot and stuff. I mean, I got goosebumps. So pretty excited about that. Yeah. You know what's actually doing it for me is is uh, what's the name Commodus. Uh, what's the You're name? Talking about uh, Russell Crowe. Well, oh, I was about as to be a Jor-El. Phoenix. As Jor-El, yeah. It just, just his voice. It just sounds like Jarrell. Yeah, that's Maximus, by the way, dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you yeah. made that mistake too. See, I got it from you. <laughs> no, but yeah, that uh, one of I, us. I can one of see. Us. I can also see Kevin Costner as as his dad uh, in on Smallville. Yeah, and and it looks. I know it's a movie and everything, but it, but it looks real. It look it looks a lot like like The Dark Knight, where you know Christopher Nolan grounded it. But you know, I hope it doesn't go as 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 deep I'm, and as dark as Dark Knight. I'm just cr- like uh, tripping out that ru- you got Russell Crowe and Kevin Costner in a movie together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think one of the things that I wasn't expecting uh, that I've seen some of the photos is like the design of like the like the Kryptonian armor and like the you know the bad guys and stuff. And I was actually really like the design, and I, I just would have never thought of that kind of look being in a Superman film. So that that is you know it's an added, well, yeah, it, yeah. You're right; it fits because they are aliens. Totally, yeah. aliens have different fashion, I guess. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah, different technology and. Uh, I'm glad that they're kind of rolling with that. So, yeah, definitely that one's on my list. And now that I'm on with you guys, I'm completely blanking on all the other summer movies. But I know there's other stuff I'm excited I know. about. Well, so much for that because I was about to ask yeah. you, what else is coming? <laughs> we're very intimidating. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're talking to Gavin Hignett. He's a writer. Uh, he writes The Freak Table, Cronkite World, Motor City. He wrote also for Nickelodeon's TMNT, Iron Man, oh, Armored Adventures. He also does marketing for FearNet. FearNet, I'm still trying to get on my provider because that's that's the one channel you, I want. Who are you it's with? Who are you with right now? Comcast, AT&T? No. I have yeah, satellite. I have to ask who's oh. your provider. DirecTV, Satellite. This is oh, where we do the direct? sale. Let's do the sale. <clears throat> yeah, so I got to get a package that actually gives me <laughs> that, that channel. Shut up, Rachel. Well, you know, uh, <laughs> FearNet's actually not on Direct, uh, but we are working hard to get on, on well, Direct. Well, that's why I can't get it. Yeah, that's like, you know, that's where we want to be yeah. and be industry uh, politics Oof. yeah it's it's uh it's interesting you know uh from what i've understood you know like it's it's all bandwidth at this point you know there's just so many channels and, and so many people vying for that space that uh you know even with with channels that people really want you know you, you really have to kind of to fight to get in there so i mean uh, i've been on the road a lot you know for FearNet uh this year just talking to fans and um, you know, a lot that get us, and it's great. And then the the, the fans that don't, I mean, we're just putting out that message. It's like you know, call your provider and let them know. Because mm-hmm. as cliche as it sounds, I mean, that's the best thing you yeah, can you, do. Yeah, you keep hitting we, them up. They got to get FearNet. Yeah, the, you know, they do note those calls. So, and I really um, like FearNet too. My myself, I I got Comcast, and you guys are on it. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, and, and I'm I'm gonna hate this because I, I guess that I can't get it. But what's happening on FearNet this month? Oh yeah, well, um, I hate to torture you. Uh, <laughs> ah! there, there's two things I think coming up Im- immediately that I'm personally really excited about, and of course the first is uh, Battle Royale. Ooh. Uh, we're the first network to broadcast. That's it's a awesome. broadcast uh, premiere, and it's the extended version that has. Uh, I think there's four more minutes that a lot of people haven't seen on all the bootlegs and stuff. Battle Royale. Really? Yeah, and I, I don't know about you guys, but that's just still one of my favorite films of all time yeah. and even though i've seen I've it a million told times so many people that's about like, it yeah it's pretty much hunger games but 
the yeah, yeah. When, when that came out i was all like oh my gosh yeah have you guys ever seen bad Royale? it's like that and everyone's like what are you talking about i'm like oh my gosh you have to see this film totally the uniforms well, and, alone and, are worth it and i i you know going into the hunger games i was like you know because i read the book and i was like I was like, okay, well, you know, this is valid. Hunger Games is valid on its own. She tells a different story, but it's still Hung- uh, Battle Royale came first, and, like, like that's just the way it is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, exactly. That's just the way it is. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, pretty I, – I, God, I love that. I actually just uh, – I got a – I don't know if you guys saw Mondo did a Battle Royale poster. Um, I just got my hands on one and got it framed, so – I'm going to be sitting at home watching Battle Royale on TV with my poster up and being a total awesome. fan. Will you guys censor yeah. anything or does FearNet censor stuff? You know, uh, they uh, cut for TV. There's, you know, like uh, cut for TV. So, uh, but that's usually just for nudity and language. Uh, we don't really cut for violence. So in a film like Battle Royale, it's, it's you know, essentially untouched. But then what we do is if there is our films that are, um, you know, that are you know the the mm. censoring for tv or the editing for tv i'll say you know we feel like it butchers it we always have video on demand yeah yeah I was, about, I was about to say because on comcast <clears throat> i watch it on demand and a lot of things aren't censored because when i go to free movies and i see like you know horror movies it's always fear net related yeah um, so that's kind of the you know we, we have on the regular channel it's edited for tv and on the vod it's uncut or you know untouched so on demand on demand. Uh, and now I was going to say the other thing with uh, FearNet that I'm pretty excited about is uh, Reaper. You know, we got hold of Reaper that the CW had, you know, put on and uh, basically never given a chance. So season two never aired, and now FearNet has both seasons one and two that are premiering, I think, on June 4th. Nice. You guys and, are reaping uh, the benefits. We Ah, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> I see what uh, you did there. And that's one of those shows that I never, you know, because I'm a workaholic, so I don't watch a lot of uh, just prime time. I kind of missed it. And now that I'm watching it for work purposes, I'm like, oh, my God, this show's awesome. Like, how did I not, you know, get into this? So that's – I don't know. if Have you guys ever seen Todd in the Book of Pure Evil? No. No. That's, no. A, that's a, like the best – like it's a horror comedy <laughs> show that started in Canada and uh, – FearNet picked it up for the U.S., and I love it. And Reaper kind of reminds me of that kind of mentality. So both of those shows, definitely uh, highly recommend. Rachel doesn't like scary stuff. Mm. Yeah, that's not my thing. But what I do like, um, I I saw that you did um, uh, your first graphic novel, Motor City. Well, I'm from the Motor City, so I want to hear about this. (laughs) Well, you know, uh, Motor City... Pretty much, uh, I, I'm a big, big fan of like, you know, like rockabilly and psychabilly movement and music. And, you know, I I think I'm kind of like a greaser at heart. You know, I love. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey. Hey, you know, <laughs> little fawns in, in me there. But, uh, and some upright bass. Exactly. Slap the upright <laughs> bass. Uh, but yeah, so Motor City was just, it's kind of like all my favorite things combined into a graphic novel. You know, it was like, uh, you know, like the kind of like old greaser gangs and and uh, fighting monsters. And uh, when we made it, the goal was to try to do a hybrid of manga and American style comic. And uh, I, you know, be honest, I'd never do that again yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> because the the manga fans didn't like it because it was too American, and the American fans didn't like it because it was too. Do you read manga. it from right to left? Is it? Uh, this was you would read American style, so it was oh. like. But that, the art yeah. style was very informed by manga. And it was a black and white, um, you know, it was, it was a, a valiant effort for a first uh, graphic novel from, you know, we made a, a Rebel Sidekick, which is our imprint. And um, it, it did pretty well. The nice thing with comic books is if you get in with Diamond, you know, you're pretty much in all the comic stores. So um, that was 2008 and it did pretty well. Um, and, you know, essentially Motor City is just about a – it's coming of age uh, about the youngest member of this gang called the 133rd. And he finds out that um, – and the whole the whole idea in this in this world of, of uh, Motor City is that, uh, you know, stuff like uh, demons and ghosts and ghouls are very commonplace. It's, it's not – it's not something that's mystical. It's just it's there, and it's something that you know people have to deal with. And so these human street gangs form to like protect their turf or their neighborhood from like, and and there's a big play on like classic gang names. You know, there there would be like you know like the ghouls or the shrieks or. <laughs> and so in this case, if it's the ghouls, they're really ghouls. And it's just about the youngest member kind of coming of age and finding his place uh, while defending the neighborhood. 
finding out that he's a part demon. So is it, <laughs> it kind of like Hellboy meets the Warriors, or you know, I always uh, when I was always pitching it around, I always said it's uh, it's like uh, the Outsiders, uh, but with like you know supernatural Amelio. twist. Ah. So, so and uh, you know we had written actually three graphic novels. Uh, we had just put out the one. And, uh, you know, putting stuff out in- independently is so hard that um, there's definitely plans. We'll definitely do uh, Motor City Volume 2 and Volume 3, uh, but oh. it's just – it's a, a labor of love. You know, I have to put them out when I can afford to put them out. With passion. Uh, okay. Yeah, so – but I do uh, – very fond of it. And after Motor City, we moved in. We were like, okay, well – you know, printing and publishing is, is such is so hard, especially in this like world where publishing is dying. We're like, you know, let's do something completely different next. So that's when we veered into the concrete world. And I wanted to do something, you know, I was like, okay, I did my classic monster, black and white kind of throwback. I was like, I want to move forward. Let's do something totally different. So we took a, I have a cyberpunk story and it was the same artist, uh, Jetty and I, and we uh, started a web comic. We we're like, you know, well, this comic's very um, futuristic. It's cyber. I was like, why not let it live on the web? And, you know, we did that, um, you know, for financial reasons, too, because it's just so tough. Of course. Yeah, it's so tough uh, to print. And the other thing, too, is by going webcomic, it gave us the ability to have full color, uh, you know, without having to worry about print cost and stuff. So Concrete World had been going for about two years. And, you know, we uh, we didn't – it was a really rough schedule because we were getting out between the two of us uh, six pages uh, a month, non, you know, without fail. And uh, Jetty got busy and, and really started to kind of um, burn the candle at both ends and eventually had to step away from Concrete World. And that's always tough when, you, you, you know, you've done nine chapters with one artist and then, you know, you have three chapters to go to finish a story arc. You're like, well, what are we going to do? Yeah. So uh, we – I uh, got together with a new team – and uh, we've been working the last year to basically get the art style down to match what had previously come. And those new pages actually go up next week, which I'm really excited about. Because we've basically been on hiatus for about a year, um, which is, you know, you never want to do that. You know, when you get, when you're lucky enough to get readers invested in a story you've created and, and you don't have a marketing budget like Marvel or DC. So, you know, you don't want to drop you, it. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. You feel an obligation to just keep it going and which is what Jetty and I did. Uh, but I'm really excited. You know, we're, um, we're launching and, and, you know, another thing too is, and we didn't plan it this way, but when we, when we went on hiatus, it was a huge cliffhanger. One of the characters uh, may or may not be dead. And then people find that out next week. So, I'm glad to get back in the world. Do you think, like, have you guys talked about doing a print version at this point to kind of help get that, like, all your fan base back or get more people into it now that you're just coming back in? Well, you know, the goal has always been to do a print edition. I'm I'm one of those people I like reading books. I I like having my my bookshelf in my library. Uh, What we had hoped to do is basically because – there's, you know, it's one full story arc. It's it's essentially twelve chapters, <clears throat> and uh, we basically were, you know, let's get it finished on the web and then shop it around to uh, other, you know, like indie comic book publishers and distributors. Because I'm just, I'm not really interested in in publishing and distributing again myself, like we did with Motor City. Because mm-hmm. uh, you know, I like making stuff. I don't like selling stuff, and. <laughs> I really want to get it into the hands of the people who already have those. You're like Iron Man. You're Tony Stark, dude. <laughs> I know. I just want to play. I know. I just want to sit in the armor and, uh, you know. It's mine. Play. All mine. Not yours. Mine. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, so definitely we want to get it out. But I definitely, you know, the the first story arc needs to finish. Uh, uh, it will be a complete story. There is a... Uh, you know, what's interesting about Concrete World is it's a noir, and as you know, no one really ever gets out alive or fully intact in a noir. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, you know, when we wrote it, I mean, it is a very dark story. You know, it's about people in the future who are addicted to technology. They're addicted to virtual reality devices, and, um, you know, it's they're crashing and burning to keep their ha- habits up. Um, and so there was never really a sequel planned, and then somewhere in the last two years – uh, I had, I had was re- I don't know if you guys read stuff like I, I always read uh, popular science and uh, popular mechanics. That's like totally inspires like the kind of stuff That's I write. That's a good bathroom magazine, man. I will say <laughs> that. 
It totally is. It makes you feel like uh-huh. you're so much smarter when you leave the bathroom. Oh my it's, god! It's very true. <laughs> you said it. <laughs> Wait, you I, know the Boeing seven thirty seven can break the sound barrier. <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> well, it's good for people to see having it, you know, laid around your house too. They're like, oh, this guy's informed and he likes science. But I, you know, I really do mind that type of uh, journalism for ideas. I love, you know, future fiction and I love. You know, just I, well, I kind of like love, and I'm scared of future technology, both, and that's kind of what I always write about. Hey, um, but so we, I was reading it, and I got this idea, and so that we definitely have a sequel for Concrete World, which would be the second story arc. Um, so my goal, hopefully, is to get a graphic novel version out of the first story arc while we're promoting the second one on the web. So is it like a like a yeah like a digital comic? Did you go on and release first, and then and then print it? Yeah, like Concrete okay. World. Uh, it's just at www.theconcreteworld.com, okay. and it's you know it's a free web comic. And every month we upload six new pages, uh, and then every eighteen pages makes a chapter. And uh, you know we've we've received you know we have really good readership, and and we have a really good interaction with with our fans uh, on the site, and then on on the Facebook fan page. Uh, is it, so, is it the Concrete World for Facebook also? Yeah, I think it is. It's just uh, Facebook.com slash The Concrete World. Okay. Uh, Got to do the plug, you know. Got to do the plug. official site as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, it It very much is, I think, you know, it's not – I think what I'm realizing too is what I explore in comic books is never like typical superhero type stuff, you know, like – uh, I, I grew up on stuff like Vertigo, you know, like uh, mm-hmm. Vertigo. Yeah, that was I was the right age for that stuff. I just absorbed it, you know. Yeah, we're talking to Gavin Hignett. He's a writer. He wrote Freak Table. He writes The Concrete World, Motor City. He writes for T and Nickelodeon's TMNT. He wrote for Iron Man, Iron Man Adventures. And out of all those things, is there anything that you don't do that <laughs> yeah, or that dude. you want to do that, <laughs> that you can talk about? Yeah, I don't know if. Uh, if if I can, I will do it. Uh, well, you know the freak table. I should I should mention that's my first novel, and that came out in September. And it's uh, it's not genre stuff. You know, it's not superhero. It's not horror. It's just a coming of age book, uh, uh, basically about you know like what it's like to be in high school and weird uh, before it was cool to be weird. So it's like pre Nirvana, pre internet. Uh, it's very much kind of informed by what myself and like the other kind of freaky kids that I grew up with. Yeah, I was gonna went say, through. so all of us, in other words. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. It's it's, and you know what's interesting is because I, I wrote it, you know, with my generation in mind. I wrote it with, you know, like the uh, like I said, I th- they they called us what did they call us back then? I think they called us postmodern because uh, alternative hadn't really been made up yet. Um, but it's like, you know, pre Nirvana is how I was telling people like, Oh, I get it. You know, I was there and people were kicking my ass for wearing Doc Martin, you know, stuff like that. (laughs) Hey, Uh, those are good shoes, man. I know they, they're good. And, and they, they're good if you have to fight. (laughs) A little expensive though. I'll say that, but Hey, they're worth it. So Doc Martin is listening. Hey, you got a free plug. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Send us some boots guys. Uh, hell yeah, dude. Yeah, uh, but so that's the freak table, and it's, that's gone really well. And I think the the one thing that that's interesting that I've learned from from writing that book is is that it's still going on. You know that there's still every generation has that group of kids that are just completely ostracized and don't fit in. And I think I was a little naive and felt like, oh well, you know, this is the internet age, and you know, you can find anybody who's like minded on the internet, you know, so it doesn't matter. You don't have to fit in with people in high school. Cause like, you know, if you're in the anime, you can find someone on, on the internet. Who's in the anime. Just go to a chat room. Remember chat rooms. Yeah. <laughs> but and, I think there's always still that need to be accepted by the people around you. Right. Or to fit in somewhere. Yeah, around you. yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 the, and it's not like they don't stop attacking. I think that's one of the big revelations I had, because I talk now, I talk to a lot of kids and stuff who read the book and who are going through what I went through then now. And I'm like, oh, but wait, the internet's like a weapon that's used against them. It's horrible, you know. So <laughs> people are ruthless on the internet, man. <laughs> yeah, they really are because, like, you know, you can you can be a bastard and and not have to do it to somebody's face, so you you step it up yeah. a notch. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so the freak table, uh, I definitely, uh, and we also just, uh, we're, we're working, we just worked with Amazon and, uh, prices are down. Uh, the book, you know, is now available for, I think, 
I think it's ten dollars now from fourteen ninety nine, and I'm excited about that because you know as a as a writer young in, in your career, you just want people to read your stuff. You know, it's not right. about you know it's not about you know well of course you you want to break even and, and pay the rent, but that's why I do all kinds of work. And I'm so sorry, guys. I think there's like four ambulances driving. <laughs> I figured you were in Motor City, so. <laughs> it, um, I'm actually calling you from a high speed chase. Uh, awesome. Hey, that driving and driving and talking on the phone is pretty dangerous. Add stuntman. <laughs> many things. But I am using my hands free, so you, you can add it, stuntman to your to your resume. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so he's Gavin Hing. Now, Gavin, thanks a lot for coming on. You're welcome back anytime. This was fun. Uh, we got to have you on for a whole show. Uh, we just got to make room because we're going to talk Firefly now. Ooh. Oh, nice. The brown Something coats. Not the California about. brown coats, but the actual <laughs> the actual brown coats. Uh, got your attention now, huh? So <laughs> stay right there. We'll be right back and talk brown coats. This Thanks. conversation will continue in a moment. The Geek Speak Show. Touchdown. That makes it 42 to 3. Are you even trying to beat me? Not really. I could go for a cheese pizza and No, you a... don't. You want to go get a pizza just because you're losing. Well, the pizza's not going to order itself, you know. If only there was a way to order online and have it delivered. Well, I'm glad you asked. Go to eat24.com, download their hunger app to your tablet or phone, and order online. And have your food delivered right to your door. Then I can get back to kicking your ass. Dude, it's 42 to 3. Eat24.com can't help you there. Oh. Download the E24 Hunger app and use promo code GeekSpeak for free egg rolls or $3 off whatever you want. E24.com. Because video games don't play themselves. I'm Zach and you're listening to the GeekSpeak show. Hold on a second. Once more. With flavor. Yeah. Oh, I'm Zach Whedon and you're listening to the GeekSpeak show. It's compelling. What's going to happen to these kids? I like this theme song. <laughs> Let's talk Whedon, not Zach, his other, the big brother. Something that he did, uh, Joel, I, we, we got to say this on air. Let's do it. <laughs> yes, we do. We do. Because. Seriously. We were just talking to Gavin Hignite and, and, we, and we said, Gavin, we, no, we don't want to be rude or anything, but we got to let you go because we got to talk brown coats. And uh, as we were dialing <laughs> the number, Joel said, um, you know, I, I, I'm almost afraid to ask you guys, but what, what's a brown coat? <laughs> and I said, really? Let me throw something at you. Get and out of my show. Educate coming, me, And he's like, guys. Rachel, are you mad at me? And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> she was frustrated. <laughs> but that's Joel. Then again, what do you expect from yeah. somebody who doesn't like to read? We represent a wide spectrum of the geek But culture, everybody else, you know? of course, we know what brown coats are, who <laughs> the brown coats are. On the line, we have Francis Hamada. He is a writer, producer, director of a Firefly fan film called Brown Coats Independence War. Francis, welcome to the Geek Speaks show. Happy to be here. Glad to have you here. So let me have you explain the this explain to me guy yeah. over here. <laughs> I need to what is a brown coat? Inform me. A brown coat was a, is a term that people coined for the uh, the resistance fighters or the for the breakaway planets uh, of these uh, more of independence for a show that was mentioned in the series Firefly, the Joss Whedon television show that was canceled back in two thousand three. Yeah, we were talking about it because, like, I was telling them the reason why I was unfamiliar with the show is because I was suspecting it's a Friday show because usually, like, Fridays are, like, not, like, for me. The death slot. Yeah, I'm always out. I'm, I'm I'm out and about on Fridays. I'm sorry. Yeah, so <laughs> so now you know what it is. And like I said, this, this, is, this is actually, we're, we're going to you, all of you, all of you guys out there. You guys, like, love getting behind the, uh, the Kickstarter projects, like, Help them alive. You've been behind that big time. This is another Kickstarter project. It's go. It's crowdfunded, as we call it. Again, it's called Brian Coates Independence War. Uh, the writer, producer, director is on with us, Francis. So, Francis, how, how long has this been filmed? Been in production? It's been for a while. We actually started last summer, and uh, we actually had originally budgeted the, the entire budget for uh, the film. But as you know, as you most of these, uh, if you're doing things for free, and as fan films, no one can get paid, and also, for most films, indie films, most, nobody does get paid. It takes you a while to get stuff done. You have to shoot on every weekend, you know, when people are free. And, right. um, you know, things change, you know, uh, locations uh, fall out, so you have to get new ones. And uh, um, a lot of times, you know, what you planned is not necessarily what happens. So uh, we uh, were shooting last fall, and then we had to take a hiatus due to the, due to the rain. And then uh, once the rain stopped, we realized we had to score new locations, 
and a bunch of other things kind of like stopped us from continuing the the final push to finish. Yeah, and so Brent, we needed to, yeah. Brian Coates Independence Awards, it, it is a fan film, but any of the stories are without, you know, giving too much away, is anything is it going to affect anything that we already know from the Firefly show, any of the, the character storylines or anything like that? Not really, it's a, it's a prequel. Uh of Independence between the Alliance and the Browncoats was um, uh, shown in flashback in only two episodes of the show, the pilot and uh, one of the unaired episodes, originally called The Message, in which they show the war between Mal's uh, military unit and uh, the uh, Alliance forces. And um, this was really briefly touched on in the show, but it was actually a pivotal event in the uh, history of the show because it kind of was a forming... It formed what the characters were, you know, um, it, uh, throughout the uh, series. But it was never touched on because the series got canceled. So we thought, hmm, this is interesting territory. This is a prequel. You can pretty much do what you want as long as it stays true to the, uh, to the, to the spirit and the, and the ideas and the themes of the show. And uh, it kind of, like, creates a story which leads you towards... The, uh, the universe that everybody knows already, which is the, the story of the show. The actual war took place six years before the events of the show, but it's referenced several times. Right. Well, and can you tell us about what actors that you have for your, um, your film? Like actors? Yeah, like who do you have, or, or what, what's the, the characters that you're focusing on for this story? Well, a lot of these are original characters, um, because we already know what happened to Mal's unit. It was actually... Uh, Shown in flashback in the first pilot show, um, what happened or when they lost, and basically this is uh, uh, the story of another unit. Uh, the stories there are many stories of the Browncoats uh, as they lost the war, and uh, we always thought it was a fascinating uh, thing to talk about. It's like what happened to all these other units? What happened to all these other right. people? And um, a lot of these other characters, you know, could be very very interesting, and it also kind of showed you the kind of um, character of the people who wanted to be independent. They were very self-reliant, very independent, and had a code of honor and things like that. And I thought those themes were very interesting. And uh, you only briefly got a thought on the show. You got only a little taste of it on the show, you know. And uh, if we wanted to explore that more, I said there are plenty of characters that we can create, original characters that we can create that embody that spirit of independence that they kept on uh, touching on when they uh, referred back to the war. You're writer, producer, and director. Francis Amada is on with us for Brown Coats Independence War. But talk about the rest of the the, the behind the scenes crew besides yeah. yourself. Who who else is behind the scenes with you? Behind the scenes, with me. I mean, uh, you know Anthony Laris from uh, from uh, Help I'm Alive. He's helping me with that and co-producer. That guy, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a very interesting man. <laughs> nice yeah. stash on that guy. <laughs> and uh, we actually have uh, we're getting a lot of uh, freebie help from uh, friends who work in the industry. Uh, some of these guys can say <laughs> because they're not, you know, they're not getting paid. Um, right. But um, we. Um, it's a project of love. Uh, kind of project of love, yes. And uh, one of the things that the, all, all the new films are always short of, we're always short of crew. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, because people have to uh, eat, and uh, you've got a <laughs> cat who are, who can do the job, but who are also available. So it's uh, it's been kind of a skeleton crew for a while. How many people do you have um, involved? I mean, since we can't name drop everyone, because there's always, you know, so many, it's hard to remember a lot everyone's of people, you probably, yeah, you know, A lot of people are pretty much new to it, uh, a lot of them are starting out. Um, the crew, anywhere from 5 to 12 on a good day, cool. and uh, the cast can be anywhere from like 12 to 20, you know. Like um, a, like... it, it, it's a war movie, so there are various scenes. It could be an individual scene of two people talking, and then a crowd scene of like so, yeah, like, okay, I mean, and- like I mentioned at the top, it, this is a um, a fan film so, because you know right. it is a, a product that's owned by somebody else. Uh, right. But the, the, our fans get behind a lot of Kickstarter projects. Uh, it, tell them a little bit about about what they get if they get behind the uh, behind brown coats. What, what 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 are the what are the perks? What are the rewards they get for for backing you guys? Well, like I said, being a fan film, you can't sell it. So right. You can't sell the DVD on Amazon. Uh, in fact, and when it gets done, uh, no, they won't be able to see even see it unless they go to a, a festival showing or a screening or something like that. However, like in the model of uh, PBS, you know, you get gifts when you uh, give them a donation back. 
and uh, past a certain level, they do get a copy of the DVD as a complimentary gift. It has to be free. It can't be sold or else, you know, or else right. it's not a, it violates the rules and stuff like that. So right. uh, I realize I'm telling everybody, this is your only chance to get a copy because after the run is done, we can't legally make any more. <laughs> it's a good so, loophole, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> sure, you know, people pirate or something, but uh, um, it's, it's uh, they get perks. Like I said, they they're the only ones who get a complimentary copy of it for having backed the film. And there, you know, there are other perks as as the uh, uh, levels go up. You know, um, screen used props, uh, signed posters, um, even a, even a roll. They get a walk on roll. They lot. Are you guys gonna release it on YouTube hey. or internet? You know. Excuse me. You guys gonna release it on YouTube? Or Vimeo, or any well, actually, like... actually, you can't. I don't think. I don't know if you can legally release the entire thing on YouTube. You can definitely release uh, clips and maybe a trailer. Mm. But uh, that's kind of a gray area because, like I said, uh, yeah, because can, because it is, um, it is a property. I don't. Th- I don't think you right. can legally. Oh, I just. I'm not. I'm not that familiar with the uh, with the copyright laws and all that. Kind Obviously, of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I get in trouble all the time. Actually. Well, as you know, there are literally hundreds of Star Wars fan films. Yeah, that's what hundreds I was thinking. Of Star there Wars are, fan films. yes. Hundreds of Star Trek fan films. I mean, I mean, you know, where do the, where are those seen? You yeah. know, and uh, but I guess when you um, do a really good job and it's very high production, then that's when like they start saying, "Hey, you're mister you're misrepresenting us or something like that." No, and, and you know, seriously, <laughs> Joel's not being Joel. He, you, you guys can go up our link section. The trailer's up there. It looks like something you, you would see at your local multiplex. It, you know, there it is very a very good. There's got, got great production values. Um, but what, very much. You said some, you have some of it filmed, but as soon as as soon as the Kickstarter campaign is over, how soon do you do you hope to have the complete film ready to go to hit, hit yeah. the convention circuit? We have promised everybody summer 2013, and that's definitely a uh, hitable goal. What's the length of um, the film, by the way? It's about about 30, 30 minutes. Okay. It's not a lot. Like, it's not like a ten minute short. It, 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 we're cramming it in to yeah. finish it in thirty minutes. Because <laughs> I'm just thinking, like, if you got that huge production, like thirty minutes, like that's a lot of work, man. Like, that's that's. Oh, it's, it, yeah. We we spent weeks just shooting the first battle, and then the first yeah. battle is only like five minutes. Where do you guys film, by the way? I was filming on friends' private property and things like that. Oh. Um, we give like, a lot of uh, you know sweetheart deals with uh, some locations. Obviously, they uh, we have to give them insurance, you know, like comp and liability insurance <laughs> that's put on the property. But um, especially, you know, with what we're filming, and um, uh, they're very they've been having great support. Of course, some like I said, some previous locations had to pull out, which surprised us. Surprised us. They had to pull out for family, you know, family or personal reasons, and we understand that. Um, but obviously, scrambling to find all the second legendary locations for the second half of your shooting schedule. Obviously, threw a monkey wrench into our schedule. Yeah. Right. So, uh, the woes of a of a Kickstarter independent film, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, and you guys said that you you've been working on it for over a year now, and then now we've got this date for you know um, two. What do you say, two thousand thirteen summer? Coming in twenty thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, which is coming up real soon. So, has Joss acknowledged your film yet? No, I don't know. Do they have? I don't know if we're necessarily on their radar. <laughs> I mean, like a lot of the, I mean, it, it, you never know, you know, who get, who notices and who's what. Sometimes, you know, you don't want people to get the wrong impression. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, pe- people are always there's always going to be supporters and there's always going to be uh, naysayers who say you can't do that, you know, that's illegal, you know. And I tried to make it clear. I said, you know, we were very careful in the, in fact. Um, it's not like you're bashing the show not, either. You know, it's like you're doing it because you love the show. And we do it well the show, and it's the expression of, uh, it's an artistic expression of fan support, just like fan fiction. Yeah, or, definitely. Well, and I feel like Joss is a guy or, that understands that, too, so, yeah. you know. You don't it, sue it, a it cosplayer, you know, like, because they're wearing <laughs> your costume. Well, I, I said all those all those handmade costumes of uh, characters are not licensed, and they're wandering around the convention all day long. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> the like, people people do you know, you know um, their support of their franchises in very different ways. Definitely, films are just the one of that. You don't got like Stanley like walking around Comic Con like. Sue him, sue him, sue him, Excelsior. <laughs> but, but you know, Francis also, and, and you touched on that a second ago, you know, you, you know, being in the, in, in the entertainment industry, you know that there's always going to be, like you said, the naysayers 
and Michael Bay gets it all the time. So you're probably, you know, you're going to get somewhere. Francis, you ruined my childhood. Francis, you ruined my show <laughs> or whatever. You, you you must be ready for that. But again, this is a fan film. There's It's not for profit. They're not going to sell it. It's going to just be the uh, around the, the, uh, yeah. the festival, the festivals, the, con- the concert circuits. Um, it's a Kickstarter campaign going on right now as we speak. Go to our link section if you want to get behind it. I know all of you do because you love your brown coats. Uh, so Francis right. Hamada, he's the writer, the producer, director. Brown Coats Independence War is the name of the fan film. Um, just go on there. And you can get you can catch that trailer. We'll put it up on our Facebook too. You guys can take a look at it if you haven't gone on the link section yet and get behind him. Francis, thanks a lot for coming on. You are welcome back anytime. Well, thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. So that is the show for today, for this week. We'll be back next week. Speak more geek like we always do. But, 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 Rachel, you ready? Because next week, the Geek Speak show and Star Trek both go into darkness. I'm so excited. Yeah, we'll do reviews. Yeah, we're we're both going to see it earlier. Um, Joel, I don't know if you're going to see it earlier or not. I'll watch it Friday, cause like a regular person. But oh my god, <laughs> regular person. There's nothing regular about Joel. So we <laughs> we're going to watch Star Trek Into Darkness over over the weekend a few times, more than a few times. Uh, we'll do. We'll definitely talk about it the week after. We'll go into spoilers. We're letting you know now. We're going to go into spoilers. So if you're the few people <laughs> that was actually you no, know, we laugh, but there, and you guys can again go to our YouTube page. It's on the videos. There was one guy that was last in line at that time. He he wasn't going to on purpose. He purposely was not going to see Iron Man three until like this Friday because mm-hmm. he wanted to avoid the crowds. And like I didn't say yeah. anything on the interview, but I said, you know what? You're not really that big a fan, then, are you? <laughs> you yeah. get sucked. You get sucked in, man. Yeah, it's, it's, it's half. It's like half the excitement is all of the people and all of the costumes and and. Uh, all the craziness. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's like going to a party. If no one's there, it's not fun. Yes. <laughs> when we, when we, oh, that's why. Because most geeks are supposed to be in. I get it. Yeah. Never mind. So, uh-huh. uh, for, when, when we talk about Star Wars, that you know that when was it when we when we had Chris Lee on? That's what I was saying. Is I don't really care who the because we didn't know it was JJ at the time. I didn't care who the director was, who's going to be in it. I'm just glad that. There's going to be, you know, people in line. It won't be the yeah. coronet anymore. It's gone. But there's people in line dressed up. We're going to have lightsaber battles like we did during the prequels and, and, and the special yep. editions even. It's for the fans, and man. And then when the lights go down, we, we, we're we just saying, hurry up. I don't care that Iron Man 7 is coming out. Hurry yeah. up with these trailers. Finally, we get those commercials that say, turn your phone off. Yes, we know. We uh, All right, let's go. Then it goes quiet. Uh, it gives me chills thinking about it. Shh. Okay, you get we those still have a wild wait. <laughs> blue lights, long time ago in the galaxy, far, far away, and everybody knows you stay quiet there. Soon as the theme starts, everyone holds their breath. Yeah. Lightsabers light up, and that's yeah, what we're waiting for. That's my favorite part. <laughs> I will say that when I when I watch trailers in a movie theater, like sometimes I totally forget what movie I'm watching because there's so many trailers these days. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, wait, I'm here for <laughs> Iron Man 3? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right, that's right. Oh, yeah. my God. No, but definitely next week, yeah, do come on back. We'll speak more geek. We'll talk to a few. There's a few other things happening also besides Star Trek Into Darkness. I don't know why would you would care, but there are some other geek things happening. We'll talk to that. We didn't mention Big Wow. Big Wow? Big Wow. That's, uh, actually, yeah, that is happening also. Big See, Wow, Chicken Told wow, you. Wow. We're going to be at Big Wow too. You and I will be there. Yes, we will. We'll, um, actually, you know what? Tell you what. Why don't we do this? What if you've seen Star Trek Into Darkness? By the time he goes to say hi to us at Big Wow, we'll ha- we'll let you talk about it. Good, yeah. bad, or meh. We'll let you talk about. I'm sure that's not going to be Joel indifference. Yes. But go ahead and <laughs> go ahead and talk about it. Uh, we'll we'll warn everybody. Spoiler alert. Um, I and, like movies. <laughs> and don't forget. Speaking of Big Wow, glad you reminded me. Uh, May nineteenth, Sunday, May nineteenth. Excelsior will be heard all over the halls of the San Jose Convention Center. Stan Lee will be there. I got uh, we gave out some tickets at at, uh, Flying Colors, Um, and everybody was asking, "How do I get to meet Stan Lee?" You do have to sign up. Your your ticket to Big Wow, even the ones that we gave, it doesn't get you into Stan Lee. It gets you into Big Wow, but you still have to sign up for Stan Lee's uh, autograph session. He's Stan Lee, of course. You have to wait in line, dude. I mean, can you imagine if he just walked in? Actually, he did that uh, a couple years ago at WonderCon. Uh, and and you literally saw the whole the whole floor just like a big wave go to go over to him. Um, but yeah, but that's happening uh, May ni- May eighteenth and nineteenth. Um, Stanley doesn't come to the Bay Area that often, too. No, so. I was gonna say that's the only so as far as I know that's the only uh, Bay Area appearance yeah. so far. Uh, also, again, eat twenty four dot com. Go there, download the Hunger app. If you hear you hear that noise, 
That's your stomach? That's my stomach. Yep. Sorry, guys. Stop <laughs> doing what you're doing, which is reading the comics, reading, you know, watching videos, watching trailers, whatever it is you're Only doing. Only for a minute. Only for Order a minute. now. Yeah, download the app. 45 minutes to 60 minutes. Put in yeah. shawarma, pizza, Chinese, <laughs> Italian, whatever you want. And don't forget, Geek Speak, G-E-E-K-S-P-E-A-K. You get free egg rolls or three bucks off anything three else bucks you want. Off. Three bucks off that shawarma if you want that. Hey. And it gets delivered right to your door. How easy is that? Like I said, even Joel can do it. Yeah, y'all. If you want to order food, you, you don't even have to talk. You can just use your thumbs. Yeah, so where you listen <laughs> to the show, just scroll down a little. Click, uh, go to e24.com, download the app. Where Whatever you have, you have Android, you have iPhone, you have the tablet, you have your computer. That's all you have. There's so many things now. There you go. Uh, so, again, like I said, come on back next week. That's right. Next week and all the stuff that's going to happen. And in the meantime, you guys... Live long and prosper. And we will speak more <laughs> geek. Yes. That's never the Geek Speak Show will be back next week with a brand new episode. In the meantime, follow them on Twitter at Geek Speak Show 1. That's the number one. Become a fan on Facebook. Subscribe on iTunes. Watch special event coverage and the Geek Speak Video Show on YouTube slash Geek Speak Videos. And listen to past shows in the archive section on thegeekspeakshow.com. A big thank you to the Geek Speak Show's content providers, GeekTyrant.com, Collider.com, Ramascreen.com, and Mightyville.com. The Geek Speak Show. Those of you who stuck around, we're going to borrow from the Marvel films. What did you guys really think of that little kid <laughs> in Iron Man 3? Was he annoying or was he just, eh, we're there? I thought that was Ant-Man. <laughs> <laughs>